And uh, we've got another great session now with uh, Peter Janetsky. Uh, I want to welcome you, Peter. Um, you live a busy life and we really thank you for taking time out today to share with us. I'm sure lots of the blokes that are with us today uh, know your name. Many might have uh, met you along the way. Uh, you've been influencing uh, people for many years now and 40 years you've been working with people. But maybe for those that don't know you fully or uh, might only know part of your uh, story, I just thought I'd share a little bit about your background. Uh, Peter's a, a counsellor and uh, he works with uh, individuals and couples and been working in counselling for many, many, many years now. He's a, a teacher and a lecturer and he works in schools and universities. Uh, so he has a, an impact on many different levels. Peter's he's hosted a talkback radio program which covered all sorts of topics that you don't normally talk about. And uh, I think Peter's run over 700 episodes of that. And I got to share the studio with Peter a few times there on a Sunday night. That's been great. And um, he's also authored a book called um, uh, Be uh, Being a Bloke. Be and uh, it's about finding authenticity as a, as a man. And uh, so you haven't been idle at all. Um, I also uh, met uh, Peter uh, back at Easter Fest in the early shed days up there, Peter, in the tent. And uh, I remember some fond memories from back there. Um, but, um, and Peter runs a shed now called the, the Red Shed at Redland Bay. And, uh, and so he's contributing in many different ways. Uh, he's also, of course, a husband and a father and a grandfather in the last couple of years as well. And uh, he's been talking to me about enjoying those roles. Peter loves caravanning and uh, he's just rebuilt a caravan from scratch um, and uh, loves surf fishing and uh, the AFL, which is not available right now, but coming soon. But um, uh, Peter shared with me the other day that uh, he turned 61 uh, yesterday, I think it was, Peter. Yeah, yesterday, yep. So happy birthday, mate. His wife nearly uh, declared that a public holiday and I just love that. Uh, I'm taking up that practice from now on. But uh, so Pete, um, we're great to have you with us. Fellas, uh, buckle up. Pete's going to uh, lead us on uh, an important topic at any time, maybe even more important now. And that's uh, really how to handle stress in uncertain times. So, Peter, thanks again for your time. We're going to hand over to you. And, fellas, just as Peter's sharing with you, if you uh, have a question or something pops up for you, uh, stick it in the chat and we've got a time for a Q&A afterwards. So, uh, thank you, Peter. We'll hand over to you, mate. Oh, thanks for having me along and uh, thanks for that intro, Dale. And yeah, I, the last year I decided to um, build a caravan from scratch, uh, preparing towards semi-retirement and down the track, I guess, retirement eventually. Um, so I've had some time uh, chilling on the van today. Um, somebody's drawn on the screen. I don't know who did that, but how. Um, that I don't have the whiteboard thing going, so somebody's done that. Um, I, I want to talk about tempo of life to start with. So, uh, well, well, let me give you an overview. I'm going to do a bullet uh, presentation, just bang, 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 and then we'll chat about it afterwards. And uh, I teach in a postgraduate uh, certificate of applied neuroscience, and I could spend hours and hours and hours talking about the brain, the body, stress, what goes on and how to deal with it. But I'm just going to do a, a bullet point presentation. So to kick off, um, life has got um, seasons that we know about and not so much here in Queensland, because I say in Queensland, from uh, you know Easter through to September, it's just perfect. And then the rest of the time, it's just warmer and a bit more humid. Um, we really don't have seasons. But um, we went to the UK and we're in the UK in midwinter. And on the shortest day, I was in Edinburgh. Sun rose just before nine o'clock in the morning and the sun set at 3.20 in the afternoon. And so what happens in those cultures is that you have this very long period of dark and very little daylight. So everything has a different tempo, it just slows down. And then when it comes to spring, there's all this new growth and rejuvenation. And then there's the summer, which is the reproduction. And then there's autumn slowing down uh, into the, the winter. And family members in the UK, you know, 
during the summer in the reproduction stuff where they have these very, very long days is, you know, they will ring us and say, oh, we've been sunbaking at nine o'clock at night. Uh, I remember one conversation we had, they said it was a heat wave. I said, what was the temperature? They said 70, degree, 70 degrees. That uh, translates to 21. Um, but, you know, different sort of a tempo. Um, our bodies are designed for a same sort of tempo. So our bodies are designed to, to pick up alarms, to get mobilised into activation, um, productivity. Then we're supposed to go to recovery where everything balances out again. And then we do rest and rejuvenation where our body replenishes. And then we do recreation and reconnecting. And it's really important to understand that we only do R&R after we've done recovery. And recovery and R&R are not the same thing. So there's a cycle. But in Western culture is that we live a lot of our lives up here in activation. Um, and we don't actually really plan how to do recovery time, how to do rest and rejuvenation so that we can build really rich relationships. Um, Arch Heart says recovery time allows my adrenal system to return to balance. This needs to be done daily, weekly, and at the end of high demand periods. So in my normal schedule um, without COVID-19 is that I have recovery time daily, recovery time weekly, quarterly, and yearly. And uh, this last quarter, my recovery time didn't happen um, because we weren't able to get away in the van. Um, Arch says, adrenal abuse is a significant contributor to mental and physical unwellness. And I'm not going to spend much time on this, but what happens is by the time the symptoms of stress appear, the damage is already done. And I did a lecture on Thursday for Arrow Leadership Program with young and upcoming leaders. And I, I said to them is that if you would end up in my office with the symptoms of stress burnout, chronic stress burnout, you can expect between three and seven years for full recovery. So I want to say that again, chronic burnout, three to seven years to recover. It's one of those things where prevention really is much better than cure. Um, we're hardwired for regular recovery and regular rest. And, uh, you know, we often talk about Sabbath rest, but we're not good um, at building into our lives, we get busy, 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 busy and don't know how to build it in. Um, just a real quick on brain chemistry. There are five key brain chemicals that have to be in balance. So adrenaline um, gives us the rush. Think about that as nervous energy. Serotonin is bliss. So it's like the smart energy. Everything's really in balance and life is good. Melatonin is the sleep energy. Cortisol is the stress energy. And, and dopamine is the uh, pleasure, it's the motivational energy. And these chemicals are really, really important to have in balance. And what we know that when we talk about mental unwellness, that often we'll talk about serotonin being out of balance. And for anyone who ended up with depression or anxiety, is that it's to do with serotonin levels. And, um, um, and when they get knocked out, they really knock our whole system around. So what happens is that stress is primarily about an increase in cortisol. So the stress energy goes up and we can actually do um, uh, a whole heap of tests now, blood tests uh, to find out what people's cortisol levels are. And it's really interesting in COVID-19 is that um, some of the big contributors to increasing stress is not just the demand on our lives, but particularly when things become uncomfortable and out of our control. So the technical language we use is controllable incongruence and uncontrollable incongruence. So think of discomfort. Think of learning to drive a car. You know, hill starts the first time you start them is terrible. Um, but often we're motivated, feel we've got a sense of control so we don't get too stressed out about it. But if you're put in a situation where the control's taken away and you're experiencing distress, cortisol levels go through the roof. So COVID-19's a great example of that. Also, the other things are, are social isolation and loneliness. They're the three big ones that actually increase cortisol. Problem with cortisol is that the adrenaline goes up. So your nervous energy and your stress energy goes up. And when that goes up, your serotonin drops. And then when your serotonin drops, your melatonin drops. And when the melatonin drops, that's where we see sleep disturbances. So classic first early stress warning signs are um, people having difficulty with their sleep. So there's three main ones we talk about. So 
uh, insomnia. You know, you go to bed, you can't switch your brain off. It's just revving, revving, revving. Uh, early morning wakings. So you might get to sleep. You wake at two or three in the morning and then you wake for a long period, can't get back to sleep. And the third one is hypersomnia, um, where you get too much sleep. When you get the right amount of sleep, you wake up in the morning, jump out of bed and go, isn't it good to be alive? Now, for many of us, we wake up in the morning, smash the alarm clock, roll out and say, where's the coffee? Um, which is not a good start for our levels. And then the last one is that dopamine um, goes down. And so dopamine levels drop. And so what happens when people get stressed is we'll see particularly what people do is that they'll start trying to burn off adrenaline and increase the dopamine. And so they might be going to old habits that they've kicked. So addictive sort of patterns, uh, you know, gambling, porn, a whole heap of stuff that guys can fall into because they're looking for this motivational energy to try to balance it out. The whole problem is cortisol. And a couple of things about cortisol to notice is cortisol is neural toxic. So what happens is, is when you get high levels of cortisol in your body and your brain is that it actually stops your brain from functioning properly. And you may have experienced stress. I certainly have experienced stress at times when I'm going, you know, I just can't recall that. It's like on the tip of my tongue, but I just can't get it. Um, and when the cortisol goes up, very, very common. Just as a sideline issue, adrenaline is one molecule different to cocaine. And uh, you don't have to pay street value for it, which is amazing. Um, but you can see why people get addicted to adrenaline. And a lot of people with their stress, as their stress levels go up, they get addicted to the adrenaline rush until it actually becomes something that uh, demands a payback um, and gets way out of balance. So keeping these chemicals in balance is really, really important. And I, I'm gonna share uh, an acronym, uh, Seeds of Wellbeing. This is from John Arden. Um, he's a, an amazing neuroscientist and Seeds is a simple way of this. There's an amazing amount of research now around the brain, body, mind, spirituality, um, and wellness. So uh, the first of the CSs is social interactions. And um, it's really interesting is that social interaction fires off different parts of our brain, which help us get our brain into balance. With social interactions, there needs to be a couple of other S's that go with this. And the research is really clear is around uh, those who have a spiritual life and active in their spiritual life, that increases their social interactions. Those who are involved in serving the community um, actually get better balance in their life. And social interactions has to be fun and play. And one of the problems for those, particularly in high demand ministries or high demand work situations, if all your relationships require you to give out, is that you're draining your batteries. We need social interactions that are life-giving that actually feed into our batteries. And that's where fun and play is really important. And just as a sideline here is that uh, fun and play and meaningful connection produces a chemical called oxytocin. And oxytocin reduces cortisol levels. And um, it only comes out of, of meaningful connections of relationships. Uh, e, exercise and physical activity. And I'm not talking about, you know, necessarily going to the gym and pumping iron or doing competitive sport. Um, what I'm talking about is movement. And we know particularly that non-competitive exercise is really good at burning off cortisol and adrenaline, whereas competitive sport produces more adrenaline. And um, so just increasing our activity. Primitive man walked about 16 Ks a day as hunter-gatherers. And uh, our body's um, designed to do lots of that. And in primitive man is that in primitive man is that um, you know, when the feast was on, uh, they would feast like crazy, but then they'd have big periods where there wasn't much to eat and there were lots of walking and stuff to do. So movement um, and non-competitive exercise is really, really, really important. Uh, the next E is education, and I don't mean formal education. I mean learning new things, uh, keeping the brain active is really, really important. So with building my uh, caravan, I was a manual arts teacher in a former life, so I've got some good hand skills. 
but I just did a lot of research and uh, electronics and electrics is my weakness. But I've got to tell you, I know so much about lithium batteries now. Um, I've wired up my own van with a 240 inverter system. Uh, I've got a thousand watts of solar. So the other day I was in the van for about three hours running the aircon on 240 off battery and my batteries dropped 6%. Um, so I was really impressed with that. And, and again, in today's world, there's no excuse for, for, for not learning new things because, you know, YouTube, you can find anything. And that's what I've done with uh, all the electronic stuff is just got on and, uh, you know, searched and read and did some stuff that was fun learning and talking to blokes. Um, when I finish the caravan, my next project is a uh, foldable collapsing boat. Okay, the, the guy who designed the folding, first folding boat did so in the 1950s. And a neighbour of mine shared the original plans. And so I'm going to do that and, and see what modern materials. So constantly learning. A little bit of research on this. In Japan, they got 80-year-olds to volunteer. And what they did was they, at 80, they started learning new activities that were fun. And as they died, they had permission to autopsy their brains. And all the 80-year-olds who learnt new things, they could actually see new parts of growth in the brain. And the 80-year-olds who didn't learn new, new, anything new, their brains um, atrophied, so it aged and deteriorated. And so keeping our brains active is really important. Uh, D is diet. And, you know, in our culture, we know all about diet. We hear about it. The big thing about diet is less processed food, more complex carbohydrates rather than simple carbohydrates. Um, so nuts, for example, is a complex carbohydrate. And uh, lots of living foods, so fresh veggies and fruit, and we talk about rainbow foods. But the one, the research is really big is omega-3 oil. Now, if you love eating fish, increase your fish and have fish that have high omega oils, tuna, salmon. Um, I mean, I love catching fish and eating it fresh. I've probably been spoiled. If it's not freshly caught, I don't bother with it. Um, but I take fish oil and omega-3 supplements because it's so, so important. The other thing that's really important about diet is watching caffeine intake. Um, caffeine, as much as I love my caffeine, I have at least one, generally one cup a day, occasionally two, but it's only in the morning, is that um, caffeine as a stimulant uh, stays in your system for six hours. And so one of the things is that we drink too much caffeine, have hidden caffeine in things like Coke, too much processed foods, too much sugars, really need to watch our diet. Uh, and that's a good segue into the last one, which is sleep. And um, what happens is that we know that the average Australian is not getting enough sleep. And sleep is really tricky because it's not about quantity alone, it's quantity and quality. So there's three tasks that sleep do. So we start up on shallow sleep, and then we have four stages down to REM sleep, and then we dream and have our deep sleep, then we come back up into to light sleep and we go through the cycles. And we need a number of those cycles during the night. Because what happens is, is that the way the brain detoxes is different to the body. The body uses the lymphatic system to drain away stuff. But the brain is isolated. We talk about the blood-brain barrier. So the brain has got this incredible security system to keep it safe. And the way it deals with toxins is actually during sleep. So it actually cleans up dead neurons and chemicals and refreshes our brain. Then what happens is that when we dream, we do memory encoding. So the purpose of dreaming is that our brain's processing the events of the day. Some goes to long-term memory, some goes to the, the recycle bin. Um, and then the third process is that once we've had deep sleep and done memory stuff, is the brain does what's called neurogenesis. So it builds new chemicals and builds new neurons. And we've got 100 billion neurons in our brain and we probably have 10 times more chemicals than neurons in our brain. So sleep is really, really, really important. And so getting the right quantity, the right quality sleep is important. Now, for me, I have generalised anxiety disorder that is hereditary. And so I'm prone to anxiety and stress. And uh, one of the things that I do is I monitor my sleep and I'm ruthless about my sleep. And I can tell you exactly how I'm going with my stress level and uh, my anxiety just by my 
how, how good my sleep is or how poor my sleep is. All right. Um, I'm going to play this clip and then um, I, I said to Dale, I'm going to keep this part really short and tight because I wanted to have some interaction around this. Uh, I mentioned the importance of uh, fun and play. Uh, let's play this. So that's a bit of fun. Um, one of the things I've learned as I've gotten older is to build lots of fun and laughter into my life um, and stop taking myself so seriously. Um, and that's been good for my mental health. And uh, I've, I've got a slide which has got the con contacts and stuff, but I, I wanted to finish that one. And um, Dale's going to um, hand back to Dale and then we're going to chat for a bit and then we'll open it up for some questions and discussions. Um, and uh, expand on on specifics that guys may want to have questions about. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. Great. Well done, Peter. You smashed through uh, lots of good material there, mate. Um, maybe if you take out that uh, screen share. Yep. We can see the guys. Awesome. Excellent. Right, there's a couple of things you said there that uh, stood out to me. One was um, your practice around recovery. You said that you do that daily, weekly, and quarterly. Yep. Yeah, what does that look like for you? Well, um, it was interesting. Um, I've had a really big few weeks. So um, in my work, I do a heap of schools work and um, conference type speaking stuff and all that's gone on hold. And um, my counselling work has gone really quite busy to fill up those spots. And I've been really careful about not overextending my day. So I've been using my normal day and just I'm doing a lot more face-to-face counselling. Um, and so, for example, this last week that just gone, I uh, did Arrow on um, Thursday and, and then Thursday afternoon, I just had the afternoon free. Um, I had a bit of admin work to do, but then I had a couple of hours just to do nothing. So for me, isolation, solitude, because my life involves so many people um, and uh, all my work life is extroverting and I'm actually an introvert. So I just need space away from people where I don't need to think about anything. And so um, yesterday I, I sat for a bit. Uh, I didn't read uh, on Thursday. I listened to a little bit of music, um, ducked out for a bit of a drive um, and just had space. Right, mate. Um, so um, what's the weekly and quarterly recovery, mate? Do you have a way of um, disciplining something there? Or Yeah. Um, Dale, if I, I run um, my weekly schedule, so we normally run on, on blocks. So if you think of seven days and three blocks, morning, afternoon, evening. Um, and so we've got a pattern that there are certain blocks that are just um, covered out. So normally a Friday afternoon um, is a downtime for recovery. Uh, and Wednesday mornings is normally a recovery because I, I work late on Wednesday uh, afternoons, evenings, so I, I compensate so I can have a sleep in on the Wednesday and um, and have a later start and, and a hangout with Neroli just to allow my system not to be activated. Mm, yep. And I think you mentioned your quarterly one. You, you haven't been able to get away lately, so that would be normally getting away, would it be? Yeah, normally getting away for a three-day weekend or a four-day weekend, so that was due on Anzac weekend um, and uh, get away near the beach um, and if I've got energy, I go fishing. Mm. Sometimes uh, I don't have the energy and I need to just spend some time recharging. So um, particularly if I can have a fire, sitting in front of a fire doing nothing is really great for the soul. 
Great, Peter. Um, I was thinking about um, what's the, the best way uh, to start and finish the day. They're important times in the day. What, if, what do you do personally? Or what, what do you know is the way to start and finish? Yeah. Um, I, I try to have um, gentle starts to the start of my day. Um, so I, I, I get up and I can have breakfast and I have the luxury that, you know, I work from home, so I don't have travel time. Um, but I just try to not have a rushed morning or breakfast. And then in the afternoons is that I try to finish any work by 7.30. Um, I, that used to be out. Um, when I was much younger, I could go to 8.30, even 9, and it didn't affect my sleep, whereas now... After 7.30, um, yeah, too much I'll just play on my mind. So uh, I'll switch off at about 7.30. And, and I have rituals. So um, I'm wearing a business shirt right now. So when I, what I do is I get dressed for work. So I wear corporate dress. Um, and part of my ritual is particularly my shoes, is that when I knock off and I'm finished for the day, I get changed, get out of my my corporate dress, get out of my shoes and make the metal association now that I'm, I'm back to normal life. Um, so getting dressed for work and then getting undressed for work is really important. And if I've had a really stressful, heavy day, um, Nerly and I will squeeze in an extra walk um, or I'll go for a walk on my own just to clear my head. And, and it's not really a walk for exercise. It's just a walk to just get out in the fresh air and, and clear my head. Mm. Great, mate. Some good tips there. Um, we've got a few other questions uh, coming in at the moment, which is great. Um, uh, somebody asks, um, in terms of stress, what are what are the warning signs? Um, lack of sleep. What else is a sign there? Um, yeah, um, inability to switch off your brain. Okay, so it's like you're thinking lots. Um, also, uh, your fuse gets shorter. Um, fun things that you'd normally do uh, are, are no longer fun. You're not getting the enjoyment out of stuff. Um, you um, haven't had time to catch up with, with key people in your life, you know, mm. catch up with mates and call them and just chat. Um, your devotional life gets squeezed out. So what happens is when you get stressed is that your, your brain, your body goes to that activation panic mode so that you actually, it's like, think of a car, you put your foot on the accelerator and you're revving too fast, or you do the opposite, you slam on the brake and you can't think and you go nowhere. So it's the two extremes of those. It's, uh, you know, they will talk about fight, flight, freeze and flop, but think of accelerator and brake uh, and they're the indicators. Um, irritability is a really big one. So with blokes, uh, what we see with blokes, particularly when blokes start to get depressed, is that they get angry more often. Um, they uh, work harder because they're trying to get on top of stuff. Um, or they self-medicate. So, you know, their alcohol consumption's gone up or their eating's gone up or something else is, you know, uh, guys who might have been smokers in the past have the urge to go back to smoking. Um, those are sort of warning signs that something's wrong and out of balance. And for me personally, um, one of the things that really has helped for me with my stress is um, there's some temptations that only poke their head up when I'm stressed. And, and so rather than beat myself up and going, what, where's that from? I now go, that's an alarm bell that things are out of balance. And as soon as I get stuff back into balance, those, those temptations stop. Other temptations that are everyday ones are there, but there's certain temptations that I pop into my head when I'm stressed and, and under no stress, not there. Peter, um, thanks, thanks for sharing that. Those um, five seeds that you shared on. Yep. Um, the first one comes up as um, social interactions and... Um, I can imagine introversion, extroversion, we actually might have different needs there. Yep. And we might say that, well, I talk to people all day at work, which you said, and I do as well. What's the quality of interactions there that we should be seeking? Yeah, for me as an introvert, um, I, when I've 
when I've done my recovery and I want to interact with people is that I want to interact with probably a handful of people that I do life deep with. Whereas extroverts often want to have a, a, a more interaction with more people. So I would rather sit down um, with a glass of red and chew the fat on important topics and, and just to just go, yep, I'm hanging out with, with Dale, we're catching up and, um, and that's really important to me is that, and, and it's interesting because, you know, Better Blakes, which you were going to be speaking at and I was going to be doing some stuff is that um, there's a couple of blokes that I catch up with, Better Blokes, I take a bottle of red with me in my baggage. And so generally on the Sunday night, we sit and have a red and, and catch up, you know, do, do life a bit deeper. And, and we find a quiet spot because I don't want to buzz around and talk to 20 blokes. Yeah. Yep, got that. Yeah, I understand that. The other one I thought about was um, fun and play. And uh, aren't we meant to be grown-up men uh, who take life serious? And uh, I think, uh, yeah, so what do you discover about men, like in the range of people that you see? Where does yeah. play fit in, mate? Yeah, I think for those of us who are granddads, I think we've discovered lots of fun and play with grandkids. Um, my two-and-a-half-year-old, uh, grandson yesterday, um, he loves swings. And uh, and in COVID, I decided to put a swing on my veranda for him. I, I reckon I must have pushed him for nearly an hour yesterday. And at some stage, I was thinking, oh, come on, an hour. But he was giggling and having so much fun. And it was all a, about connection. And, and I was just goofing around with him. And he was chuckling. And it made me laugh. And, and laughter produces... Uh, opiate-based, morphine-based chemicals in our brain that are really, really healthy for us. Um, and one of the things I think we do as blokes is that we've been conditioned to, to not have enough fun and play. We take everything serious. And even in our marriages, as I say to couples all the time, is that think about when you first started dating, you did lots of fun and play. You know, and I go, just because I've been married nearly 40 years doesn't mean I should stop fun and play. Um, and so the, one of the questions is how do I do fun and play with Nerly? Um, I do a lot of fun and play with my mates. I've got a, guys I call my community and men that I go fishing with. Um, and, and we've done lots of things over the years. We, we've done, uh, picked up slide fishing from South Africans in the beach. We've done uh, bait cannon casting. Um, I've done kite uh, casting. And, and recently I bought a drone. And so, you know, just having lots of fun. Good, Peter. I think there's some uh, something in there for us. Uh, if we haven't got time for fun, what? Uh, how are we living? Yeah, um, and and the, and the cortisol level and the adrenaline's mm -hmm. going. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this, and it kills us. Yeah, the task list. Um, it's interesting, Peter. I'm just a couple of stages behind you with no grandchildren, but nearly an empty nest. And I, you know, I think I had a lot of fun with my kids through the years. Yep. Um, Fiona and I are at a new stage where I've got to find ways that we have fun together and, um, and also connect with mates and the grandchildren around the corner. So there's, I think at different stages of our lives, we need to seek that out in different ways. Yeah, Dale, I, I keep saying to people I work with in counseling all the time, you have to keep co-creating and recreating so when Nerly and I were much younger and fitter, we did a lot of sport together. Mm. Um, whereas the body doesn't like sport these days. Um, and so we do walking together, we do gardening together, we, we do a bit of casual bike riding together. Mm. Um, and um, when the kids were little, we did lots of camping and we did the progression um, to where we got to the point where I wanted to custom build the van so that, and, and Nerly never wanted a van. Um, and uh, she loves it now. It's our home away from home. Good, mate. Uh, you could talk on that for a little while, I'm sure. Um, you bet. There's a few uh, questions coming in there too, Pete. Um, the question here is, how does someone know when they're ready to turn, return to work after a psychological injury? Mm. Um, this is a tricky one. If we, if we take... Peter, uh, can I just take you back one step? Yep. For us, in not maybe in the know, what is psychological injury? Okay. 
refer to yeah so if you think of stress sometimes can be secondary not primary so mm -hmm. for example if you've been experiencing bullying the work bullying in the workplace is that the bullying is primary the stress is a knock-on from that and so people who experience bullying in the workplace is that that increases their stress so what happens is their their self-concept uh, get that gets a bashing they lose confidence um, they can get emotionally um, overwhelmed easily teary or angry and short fuse and so their overall functioning is just not good mm. um, and one of the things is that work covers approach is get people back to work as quick as they can the research on this is that it's a case by case and it's about capacity so i always say to people is that one of the things about capacity um, is that our capacity is not fixed it's constantly moving so if you get the flu your capacity comes in because your body gets a form of depression to make you rest and recover and then when you fire and and so one of the things is how do i actually know where my capacity is and stay within my capacity and then as a, a guiding principle for work is that of your allocated work time you should only plan 80 percent you should have 20 percent buffer because everything blows out and the problem is is when if you don't plan buffer it comes off your sleep it comes off your devotional life it comes off your important relationships and so getting back to work after a stress burnout or psychological injury is about working with your your medical practitioner and, and a good counselor or a good psychologist who understands this and trying to measure where your capacity is and then go back to work where you're not exceeding your capacity because if you exceed your capacity so let's say your capacity today is five out of ten and you go and do five out of ten you won't be at five out of 10 tomorrow. You'll probably be in bed for the next few days because you're overextended. So it's, it's like, how do you know when's enough's enough? And that's something that's an individual basis, working with a good counsellor and a, and a good medical practitioner. And some of the doctors I work with, um, I love them because they handle work cover really well because work cover say, this is what's happening. And they just tell them, pull your head in. Um, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Good. There's another question here that really just plays straight off that, uh, Peter. In, in recovery from long-term stress, I'd be interested to know how a person can take three to five years to recover in this society today. Mm. Um, the language that's emerging is we talk about adrenal fatigue. So stress is an overstimulation of the adrenal glands, which is just above your kidneys. And um, so we've got these five key chemicals in the brain, but the adrenal system produces adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisone, and cortisol. And it's the adrenaline and the cortisol from the adrenal gland that's designed to activate our whole body for activation. And, and the recovery is not only allowing our brain chemistry to find balance, but it's, it, first of all, it's allowing our adrenal system to come down. The adrenal system's design activation, come down activation come down but we keep going activate 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 and then for some people their adrenal system says that's enough i'm stopping and shuts down and to get that system that chemical system back balanced also under stress there there are three body systems that are critically impacted by stress so so one is the nervous system um, which is all your nerves in your body the second one is your hormonal system which is uh, hormone levels right through the body. And the third one is the immune system. And the part that controls the immune system is called cytokines. And what they've discovered is that we've got what's called pro-inflammatory cytokines. And they know if you get an infection in your gut, you get an infection in your brain from cytokines. And cytokines, when pro-inflammatory cytokines go up, is your immune system gets suppressed. So the easiest way to understand this, if you've had a busy period at work and you push yourself through, as soon as you stop and take a break, that's when you get sick mm -hmm. because your immune system has been suppressed under stress. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about the whole body system is affected under chronic stress and then trying to get that back in right physiologically, psychologically and spiritually because our identity always takes a bashing. Mm. Oh, Peter, it's such a big topic, isn't it? Um, 
we've we've just got a few more minutes and there's yeah. a few more important questions i think um, um there's a good question here about how have you learned to get back to sleep if you wake in the early hours of the morning we've probably all experienced that where uh, something gets us up have you found uh, a way to great question um research on sleep is amazing okay so here's sleep principles one your pillows only for sleep and sex okay nothing else all right no devices no books nothing else so for those of you who are married it's really simple pillows for shenanigans and sleep if you're going to read or you're going to do other stuff do it somewhere else mm -hmm. okay secondly is you've got to prepare for sleep is that what happens is a lot of us don't like I said, I finish at 7.30 because I'm starting to move with preparation for sleep. You've got to wind down into sleep so that your brain hits the pillow and goes, this is where I do my sleep, not do my thinking. And when you get in a pattern where you do your thinking on your pillow, it's a disaster. So if you can't get to sleep or you wake up, don't have a clock. Guess 15 minutes. Get out of bed, go somewhere else and do something that's mindlessly boring. The brain needs boredom for sleep. So when I first started doing this, I did crosswords because I'm terrible at them, okay? If you want to bore me to tears, give me crosswords, mm -hmm. all right? And um, now I play Two Suit Spider Solitaire. So I have the blue light uh, filter on my phone. I bring the light level down. And the only time I play Two Suit Spider Solitaire is when I can't sleep or I'm going to sleep. So I get up, I go to the loo, and I play games until I start to feel tired. And when I feel tired, I go back to bed. And if I go to sleep, great. If I don't go to sleep, I guess 15 minutes, I get out and I do the routine over. Now, when I first started doing this, sometimes I did it three times in a night, but it's about training my brain, my pillows for sleep, and I've got to create boredom. The worst thing you can do is get up and go and do work or stuff that activates your brain because the brain needs total boredom for sleep good mate uh so there might be a, a pick up on the twin spider solitaire uh, whatever that was uh, from here um a couple more mate um i'm just have there been any key ways that your faith in jesus impacted your well-being and uh, research around this yeah, there's a whole heap of research emerging around uh, spirituality and neuroscience and mental health. And uh, just as a sideline issue is that couples who practice their faith together privately and corporately actually have a better sex life than those who don't. Okay, so normally I like to throw that in with blokes is that one of the ways to improve your sex life is, is you know, engage your wife in spiritual practices with you. All right. Mm. Um, whole heap of stuff and and particularly in COVID-19 is that early in COVID on a Sunday I caught myself being really short and reactive with Neroli and she was short with me and I remember in the shower pondering it and thinking this is unusual maybe this is about the stress level in the whole society and feeding off it so I made a conscious effort that the next morning I increased my morning routine and I made a conscious effort that I'm not going to feed off stress and that I think it's easier that when you run your own business, you, you learn to trust God daily, just like you do in ministry. And, and my six years in ministry taught me that. So I've come back to going, it's one day at a time. Um, and that's all I need to worry about. God, God's not walking up and down the halls of heaven going, what am I going to do? There's COVID-19. He knows what he's going to do. I just need to focus and not panic and refocus and go, this is what I have control over today. This is what I'm going to do. What I don't have control over, I let go of and leave it in the hands of Jesus. Awesome. And there's lots of research that that actually helps with this stress. We're, um, we're just a little over time, Peter, but I just wanted to um, think about this one. We've got um, 85 blokes here. Um, you've been sharing with us about stress. We've got two agendas, really, which is men to men how do we step up and be aware of this topic yeah and also where's the heart fit into all of this mate we're we're as a as a company of men we're interested in their hearts yeah um yeah what how do those couple of things come together mate? yeah i'm, I'm really big uh, and the reason i'm involved in shed is because i'm really big on heart-to-heart -heart connection with blokes 
And one of the things that I have invested in intentionally in my life is having blokes that um, love me enough to ask the hard questions of me, love me enough to do life with me, um, and and me vice versa. So, you know, I, there's a couple of my mates I, I've checked in. I've had a sense that, you know, it's been a bit tough at times. And I'll eyeball them, eyeball them and go, no, don't bullshit me. I want to know the truth. Mm. And one of the things that's really important for blokes is that blokes learn about authentic intimacy from blokes, not cross-gender. And so boys learn it from dads. Now, I didn't learn it from my dad, but I had a couple of uncles and some mentors who taught me about it. And so that's probably one of the biggest disciplines in my life is where's the men in my life? Where's the time to get fair income and real? Um, and, and there are situations in my life where that are really tough and challenging at times, um, you know, and, and I talk about, you know, chopping some people up and using them for burly. And mm -hmm. I say, but they don't be good for shark because no one else would eat them. Um, and then my mates, we have a laugh about it. And then we refocus and go, okay, what are you going to really do now? Mm -hmm. You know, it's a space where I can have a dummy spit, but then they walk beside me. Great, mate. Um... There's so much, somebody's just uh, put in a message there. Glad this is recorded. There's so much to digest. And I think that's, uh, that's very true, Peter. It's a very big topic. I think everybody here would be uh, uh, experiencing stress at times yep. and uh, at times handling it well and at other times not so well. And uh, I think we, uh, one of the things about having good men in your life is they can be a mirror and uh, hold up the mirror to us to say, hang on, mate, you're a bit out of kilter at the moment. Yeah. Um, how do we, let's talk about it. What's going on for you? Yeah. Um, so Peter, um, uh, would those slides be available to the crew there? There was. Yeah, I can, I can um, email those. What I'll do is um, I'll, I'll email probably the uh, more full detailed ones. Um, I cut out a whole heap of stuff, but there's a lot of really good research info amongst some of the slides. Mm. And I, I can either email that to you or, or Andrew yep. and you guys can circulate them. I'll, I'll do them as a PDF. I want to give a shout out to, to Cole Krieger. Good to see your face there, Cole. Um, it's been a while since we caught up. Cole, Cole's a, one of those guys who's a man arts background too mm. and um, know each other from ministry and SU days as well. So it's great to see your, your face there, Cole. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Peter. I'm going to hand back to Andrew in a moment, just uh, for the fellows that are out there. We've been doing this journey of connecting men together and uh, connecting hearts, building groups together to support one another. One of the useful tools that we've used to do that is a, is a study together uh, called the Reconnected Man. And we've been running that uh, for a number of years now. It was written by Ian Malins in our community. And uh, I just want to highlight that there's some blokes would be wanting to connect and explore masculine challenges. And uh, that's a very good way to get started. If you have any interest in that, uh, Andrew Carnell would be uh, the guy to talk to. But we, we look at relationships uh, internally. Where are you with your heart? Um, where are you with your father? Where are you with your other relationships, with, your, with other men? your own father, with your wife and your children. And these are perpetual issues that need to be continually looked at so that we can be, uh, we can be um, the man that God made us to be. Mm. So, um, Peter, I'm going to thank you before I hand back to Andrew. That was a uh, pack full of awesome information, mate. Thanks for taking the time out to prepare for that. Uh, I know you had that material, but you had to cut it down. So you customised that for us. We thank you for that. We thank you for all the good work you're doing uh, in the community uh, in lots of different fronts. And uh, we, uh, we pray that that caravan will see the bitumen real soon. Right, and looking forward to catching up with you after COVID, mate. Yeah, yeah, look forward to that. Well, thank you. Thanks, um, Peter. Thanks so much, and Dale. I really appreciate that. Such helpful information, a number of positive comments there. And a couple of last uh, comments there to guys affirming the the difference that Reconnected Man has made in their life. They've just put that up on there. So uh, just look into that material, see if you can get it. Uh, we've got it here at church. Um, when there's enough interest, we get groups together as well. So um, the one thing I want to say, guys, is one of the beauties of this platform is that I can, with a few clicks of the button, see every one of you face to face. Um, don't be freaked out by that. 
but the fact is I see you and um, you're all valuable and you're loved by God. And I want to just say, look after yourselves. That's what I just want to say. Look after yourselves. And if God's prompting you in any way um, to go and chat to someone, to maybe get involved in a connect group or reconnected man or see a good buddy that can pray with you, um, look after yourself um, and then be proactive about that. Sometimes in a session like this, we can be prompted. We can have some good ideas, but take the step to do whatever it might be um, because uh, you're, you're valuable and you're valuable to your family, you're valuable to your workplaces, your church, and um, we can't uh, love and help and serve unless we're looking after ourselves and um, connecting with God and with others as um, we're, we've done over this weekend. Andrew, uh, can I just yep. say a word there, mate? Thank yep. you to just to reinforce that. I've been thinking about three states that we can be as men and we can be strong, we can be tough, or we can be gutsy. And I think gutsy is what we're talking about. Gutsy mm -hmm. is where you do put your hand up and say, I need help. That's where you step in with another bloke and say, hey, how are you going? Let me journey with you. And it's, uh, it's gutsy men that we need that are, are willing to take a risk, uh, either risk to themselves or risking um, the connection with somebody else. So uh, I think most of us would love to be known as courageous men. And I think in Australia, uh, that word gutsy uh, fits it for me of what day-to-day -day courage looks like. Thanks, Dale. <clears throat> Guys, I might just quickly pray for us and then just a few practical things before we, we log off. So let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you that you uh, first loved us and I thank you that there's value in each one of us um, as I look at this screen. And Father, just pray for the work of your spirit, Lord, just for prompting us and leading us towards um, you and health uh, and Lord, towards the people and the practices that will help us live well uh, live healthily with strength and Lord as Dale has said if, if we need to be gutsy if we need to be courageous I want to pray your spirit will help us uh, with wise steps towards what's best for us into the future to bless um, Peter as well in his ministry Lord uh, broad and wide continue to use him uh, we pray in Jesus name amen amen